A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even gonna be in the King of the Ring in a handful of months. No, because he's a god out of the big card. He can lose to Marty Janay. Fucking Marty Janay. Put Bob Holly over, you prick. The boyhood dream has come true. Who are you? to me. You're about to find out how ugly mankind can really be. Myself and the click are gonna dance all over your face. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. Welcome everyone to the Gold Holy Classic Raw Review. Bloody hell, it feels like a lifetime since we sat here in the Ica Pro Power DeLorean back in a time less forgotten, a world less travelled about the World Wrestling Federation as the Cultaholic lads look ahead to WrestleMania Backlash. We are here with the Backlash from the New Generation era. Who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter with that portfolio, Tom Campbell. I'm with the mulligan to oh my oh Jack Atkins from Cultaholic.com. Jack Atkins, Jack Atkins. Hello, Jack. Hi, <laughs> <I had> Tom. <laughs> run out of breath. Oh, dude. no, he's, he's, he's lost his lungs again. This is how I talk now. Oh, shit. Uh, this is going to be the whole show. It's 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 been a minute, hasn't it, Tom? It's been a hot oh minute. god, don't do that. <laughs> it's been a hot minute. <laughs> now to the to the untrained ear, the untrained Algon and Eero, um, it hasn't because we had an episode that went out last week, week before last, week before last. Um, but we recorded that ages ago. <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah. we knew we we saw um, WrestleMania weekend on the horizon. We thought we'll get one in the can. Yeah, and then we just kind of we've had our own WrestleMania backlash here. I feel like everybody's just taken holiday. Yeah, so um, we haven't had time to sit down. Uh, editor slash mentalist in chief of Cultaholic.com, <laughs> Aiden Gibbons, worked all of WrestleMania weekend, so he he took a week off, and I was like, yeah, of course. Um, so I was acting editor in chief in a week when nothing happened <laughs> apart from the Principality Stadium show was announced so I just I just didn't have time did I? That feels like ages ago now doesn't it? Yeah. Gosh time is wild so but it's fine because we're back now. Yeah. What's been happening in your world? 
not, not much. Just been watching a lot of football. Yeah. Um, buying cheap Easter chocolate. Good result for you in the football on the day like this is. We're recording this on the twentieth of April. Yes. You'll hear this the, on the Monday afterwards. But Liverpool had a good night at the at the opera. Oh, very good. As the football say. I was sat there audibly cooing on the couch. <laughs> I was actually going ooh, <laughs> ooh, 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 eating a an, a Capri's orange twill Easter egg. Sean was trying to book accommodation for our holiday in September. I was like, not now, Sean. Tiago's creating magic on the pitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just been watching football, getting excited by football, getting terrified by football and trying to sort a holiday. And that's been about it. Really. Amazing. Yeah. Are you, can you, are you, where you, I think you told us before where you're going, but yeah, uh, listening for the first time. Uh, New York and Toronto in Ooh, September. Nice. It's, I've, <laughs> the weekend that my holiday time starts is the weekend of the Principality show. Oh, no. Which we knew for a while. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And it's mm. also the AEW show. So I'm just going to run away. Yeah. I'm going to find legal means to download the AEW show and watch it on my flight. That's a nice show. Yeah. Um, and, but I am going to Madison Square Garden when I'm in New York. Wow. What are you seeing? Roxy Music. Get in. Mate, that's a dream. Yeah. Sean's a massive Roxy Music fan. And just on Instagram, it was just like, ah, oh, Brian's got the lads back together. They're playing Madison Square Garden. I was like, all oh, right. I was like, oh, when we're there, which never happens. Usually yeah. you hear something great. It's usually a week before or after you go somewhere. But Stars are properly aligned for that. Yeah, St. Vincent supporting as well. So that'll be, oh, that should be very good. Wow. Yeah. Watch, watch them be shit now. Watch it be Vic and Bob doing uh, Virginia playing. <laughs> that'd be, I mean, that'd be even better. Yeah. I think it's just being there, isn't it? To say, yeah. to say you're watching Roxy Music in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. That's class. Because it's still one of my dreams, even though, like I've mentioned, I'm, I'm out of whack with current WWE. If there was a chance for me to go see any WWE show in Madison Square Garden, that's bucket list. Mm. more than going to Mania if like say if the if somehow say if business went terrible and they ended up doing Mania in Madison Square Garden I'd be like fucking there I'm yeah. there but if they did just any show and it was a feasible way of me getting there it's got to be done I think yeah just to do it are you going to the Newcastle show I am, at the end of this week at time of air I am not because there's something happening and I can't remember what it is we're going to see The Room Ah, I'm going to see show. the room in the cinema. Yeah, that's a that's a fair reason to miss out on yeah. the WWE in the Newcastle upon Tyne. But uh, that'll do, I think. How have you been? I've been all right. Yeah. Similar to you, we've been booking a holiday for September as well. Mm. Uh, but we managed to to uh, the the luck shined upon us a little bit more because we managed to book it for the weekend after the Principality. Very nice. So we're, going, we're going to the Maldives. Oh, it's very exciting. Yeah, it's very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I just like yeah. I just thought well, I was going to try and save some money this year, but I'm, we're just going to put it all into the Maldives fund. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's what it's there. Hey, look, it's, you know what? We're, it's me, it's Alex, and and it's our cat. Uh, so we don't have a lot of dependency. I we don't. You, I thought you meant Pablo was going with you. I was like, fuck me. No, sadly <laughs> not. No, no, no. We we well, had we had to sit down, with Pablo, and say, look, we're going away. Yeah. In a few months, and he went, oh, where are we going? And I was like, oh. Well, I'm looking up, I'm pricing up cat hotels just in case a few of my uh, possible options don't pan out. I'm pi pricing up cat hotels. Yeah. And there's one uh, in Yorkshire. I believe it's just outside Halifax, I think. 
and it looks like a five-star cat resort like, to the point where like they have their dinner delivered on like a tray and they'll have like the milk in like a like a like a cocktail glass and stuff like that. <laughs> they have a menu on the wall, a little log fire. Like each got their own little separate rooms. I'm like, this looks amazing. I think if we take him there, he won't want to come back. Yeah, it looks like he'd have a lovely time. But we're, we're looking up options for him. But I thought that uh, you know, otherwise it's just apart from the cat, it's me and Alex, and it's just like let's just do it. Let's yeah. just go. Well, that was the thing with us. We were meant to go over in. 2020, but obviously the world caught fire. Yeah, <laughs> the small matter of the world catching. And fire. then we, we we booked the flights and everything, and then the cost of living crisis happened. And luckily, you know, we're, we're we, we recognise our own privilege. We live a very charmed life. Yes, yeah. But even then, we're looking at it and going, need to tighten the uh, tighten the belt for a few months. I think. Yeah, we're we're very much um, <laughs> we're trying to cut costs everywhere we can, especially now we booked the bloody Maldives just as the cost of living crisis was taking hold. But it's all right because train fares are half price. Yep, great. Can't afford to go anywhere, but at least the transport to get nowhere is cheaper than it ever was. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> England. Uh, but look, we, we are, <laughs> and that's why I'm taking any shifts anywhere that anyone throws at me. <laughs> Happy to take them. Uh, we'll be we'll be swimming in Vianetta soon. I can't wait yeah. the day where I'm swimming in Vianetta. <laughs> this week, <laughs> when you're hearing this, this Monday you're hearing this, I'm probably a husk of a man because on that proviso, of I'm just taking all shifts. Yeah. I said yes to covering overnights on Radio Newcastle this week that we were recording. Oh, yeah. God. So I'm doing... So when I finish here, um, I'm going to go home, have a few hours sleep, and then I'll do 10 p.m. till 1 a.m. tonight. <laughs> like, come home, have a few hours sleep. You're a lunatic. I am a lunatic. <laughs> but it's nice to be a lunatic. Hit me with your rhythm stick. <laughs> Did it last night, and it was fine. We like, I, Believe it or not, I've done one already, and I'm fine. Mm. I feel like by Friday... I might have cried at least once over something really inconsequential. <laughs> yeah. Alex, that's, Alex says that's normally when we know. Like, like when, when something will happen, like, you'll put something in the wash and, and uh, you'd have left it in there and it had gone... Just a bit monkey. Yeah, monkey. Yeah. And it'll upset you. Like, that's when you're tired. Yes. Because <laughs> my brain will go, well, I've just ruined a whole batch of washing. I'm clearly an awful adult. And <laughs> well, I'm, I might as well just go. Because I'll be honest with you, Alex, you're wasting your time with me. You need somebody who can look like, and that's it. And I'm gone. <laughs> I'm spiraling. So I'm looking forward to that on Friday. That'll be fine. And then I'll be a husk on Monday. It'll be great. But otherwise, we are good. We've got very, you know, it's... Little to complain about. Yeah. You know, in the, with the world, the state that it is, we're blessed, as you say, privileged life. Yeah. Very little to complain about, really. You know, very happy. I mean, 2K22 is still very good. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of that. Yeah. I'm very happy to be playing a lot of that because it's a really good, it's just good game. They did it. 2K did it. I, I haven't played Knocked one since 20... <laughs> oh wow! The last SmackDown versus Raw. Oh, it's been like it's been. It, there's been peaks and troughs since then. Yeah, I've, I've kind <laughs> of like real troughs. I've kind of like you know touched in on them, but I'm I'm one of those. I mean, look at look at if you're watching Patreon, look at me and guess what my favorite games are. Of course, they're the N64 games. <laughs> like, I'm one of those assholes. So I. I'm always one for the pick up and play. I don't like the fact that it's like, oh, you, you play it like a real WWE thing and there's stamina. You've got to get the crowd mm. inside. It's like, no, I want to be Hornswoggle and I want to Liger Bomb the Great Carly. 
It's like I don't care. That's what I want to do. I don't want to be like, oh, test of strength. No, I want to. I want to do uh, Jim Ross doing four fifties off ladders. That's what you I see, want. This is it. You'll like the new ones then because there's a weight detection toggle. So oh. if you want to, you, you can, can. There's a weight detection and there's a gameplay mode toggle where you can have arcade or simulation. Yeah. So you can determine like it's like I'm advertising it. I kind of am. You can determine like how you play it. Like if you do want to just be like if you do want to go. Well, I want to play a cruiserweight, but I can't lift the heavyweights. Yeah. I want to. I want the. I want that challenge. Great. If you do want to be Hornswoggle and Ben <laughs> <laughs> Last Ride the Great Carly, then you can. Yeah. So it's, you've got the option. That's what I want. I just want. I just basically want uh, PWG matches starring the classic WWF <laughs> roster. That's what I want. I just want spot fests. It's PWG mode. Activate. <laughs> activate it. Uh, we're going to activate 1996 mode now. It feels weird saying that. Oh, it's, it's, we're in. Oh, it's this episode as well. Again, if you're new here for some reason. Sorry. Yeah. But if, if you're old hat, um, every week we're saying, oh, God, it's it's like we're taking a step mm. out the new generation towards the attitude and this is the first proper step yeah this is this is the year now we're out of the, I mean the new generation era is still a thing and it will be around for a while but there are some real marked differences in the presentation definitely in this year compared to the year that we have just trudged through yeah <laughs> to the great for the greatest uh, for the greatest extent we have trudged through it uh but we are on the 8th of january 1996 uh we're gonna have jackkins give us a little bit of an update from the wrestling observer newsletter and other assorted items uh, for this particular week in the bloody wrestling in just a moment uh nothing changing in the charts compared to the last episode we did number one of the movies in the uk is seven still mm. uh well box it's a head Oh, sorry, statute of limitations. Uh, it's, it's, you're fine now. Uh, number one movie in the US is 12 Monkeys. This is the Terry Gilliam one that did very well on its opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson's Earth Song, Earth Song still hanging in there. <laughs> Mariah Carey, One Sweet Day, still number one in the US. It's going to be there till like February, March time. Yeah. She just hangs in there, does Carey. No wonder she's made all that F.U. money. <laughs> that and a Christmas song <laughs> and a few crisp adverts and she'll never have to work again. Yeah. Only other bit of interesting news from this particular week, because it's kind of the first week of 96 and not a lot is really happening in the world. There is some major weather-based stuff, which we will touch on in this episode. But a bit of tech news. January the 3rd, Motorola, uh, the Motorola StarTac goes on sale, which is the world's first clamshell phone okay the clamshell is here did you have a clamshell phone i don't think i did the first phone i had was 99 2000 when i started secondary school my parents got me some old motorola brick basically to say we need to keep tabs on you you little shit bag (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no i was i was never a a clamshell or a flippy uh my I had uh, one of the classic Nokia 3330s, one of the ones. Oh, ones yes. Yeah. Was, with Snake on it. Yeah. And Mahjong. And uh, Pinball. I used to play the Pinball. Right? There was a Pinball game on there, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah. They made a little bit of resurgence, the Nokias. Because they're just <laughs> indestructible, aren't they? They're indestructible. And also, we're reach- we've reached this point as a society where we- we've had access to all the information ever at all times. Mm. And now we're going... Actually, no, no, we don't want all of this now. It's a poison chalice. Yeah. So many people are, are kind of are stepping away from that. Before we came down here today, we got into a big chat upstairs about 
because today, when we're recording this, the Netflix shares have plummeted. Oh, God, yeah. And that's because people are unsubscribing at an alarming rate. Yeah. Because, again, like... People, people didn't want ac- don't want access to everything. I'm, I'm turns I'm, out I, I'm one who unsubscribed because my list, my watch list was growing and growing and growing and growing. I just wasn't using the service, and they were like, "Oh, we'll put the price up." And I was like, "If I used it, I pay for it, but I don't." Yeah, and there's a lot of, and then all of a sudden, Netflix has gone. Well, we've just spent these ten bags of money. And on all these shows, and now nobody's watching them. Yeah. Oh dear, this is a problem. Because the last thing I was watching on Netflix was Seinfeld. I was just like, I've, 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 I've seen all of Seinfeld before. I'm just watching it because it's still good. But I was like, if I want to watch it, I can watch it anywhere else. I don't have to pay <laughs> 24 quid a month for the privilege or whatever. It, no, it's not that much, but still. Yeah, it's... um. It's it's one of them where as well I think when you come back to like because talking about the old series talking about stuff like Seinfeld yeah they're punching out all these new shows and the watch lists are all of our watch lists are growing and growing and growing but then like what did me and Alex start watching two weeks ago Downton Abbey we've never seen it before <laughs> and it's one of, do you know what God damn she has this way does Alex of picking these TV shows where I go oh just whatever you can watch that I'll probably end up doing something else and then there she put Downton Abbey on. And it's just because she went, oh, go and watch an episode of this. And I kind of went, oh, okay, fine. Cut to me two weeks later. Oh, Mr. Bates is going to kill him when he finds out what he did with the scullery maid. Oh, my God. It's all going to. I can't believe Carson did that. I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm <laughs> completely into Downton Abbey to the point where I went, yesterday, we've got to plow through like the next season in a bit because the new movie's out at the end of this month. Oh, for fuck's sake. I didn't know they were still churning them out. There's, a, there's Downton Abbey, The New Era. Okay. Which I think is sort of set in, in 2032. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it is. I hope it is. Hugh Bonneville's just a head and a jar. <laughs> I want that to be the thing. But, th- but that's it. But then, because there's so much to watch in the back end of things. Yeah. That they're making all this stuff, and I'm too busy watching the old stuff. They, I said upstairs, I said they need like six months where they don't make anything. Yes. And Aiden went, they did. It was called the pandemic. I was like, oh yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah, that's true. We need oh. another one, not another pandemic, but another six months of not making anything. But what did we do during the pandemic? It was catching up. Sean I was like, I've never seen the Marvel films. I was like, oh fuck it, there's nothing to do. Yeah, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. And we just smashed through a lot of stuff, but now the world is getting back to normal. So yeah. people's viewing habits are going back to normal. Yeah. And I'm not watching as much anymore. But thankfully, we're still watching the WWE Network, where we are watching Monday Night Raw from January the 6th, 1996. What was going on in that particular week in the year of our Lord, 1996, Jack Atkins, well, Jackins? Well, let me tell you, Tom Campbell, not my words, the words of... Uh fucking Dave Meltzer. I went to do a Tom Campbell and then completely farted it. <laughs> <laughs> so in the Wrestling Observer newsletter dated January 15, 1996, there's there's two big chunky bits which we'll get to during Raw because mm. it's chunky bits that are to do with Raw. But it's just lots of little bits and bobs. There's some ridiculous stuff because it's the stuff that makes me laugh. There's some stuff on the state of the business in general because it is a real weird period, 96. Because we don't, like, even in this in this newsletter, with hindsight, we know it's about to go through the fucking roof. Mm. But at this point, they're still saying, oh, shit, it's looking a bit ropey. Mm. Not realizing that the NWO is going to happen in T-minus five months or whatever it is. 
and it's going to bring in the biggest boom period of all time. It's weird, is it, how when you look at it now and you go, you have no idea what you're on the... Uh, and there's another example later on where you go, you have no idea what you're on the precipice oh of. Yeah. So there's there's a few of those bits in here that I, I saw, um, you know, with hindsight, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'll, I'll mention that. Uh, like, for example, WCW finally turned a profit after losing somewhere in the region of 30 million. Yay! <laughs> Billionaire Ted, you've done it! I hope it works out for him. <laughs> Plucky young mum and pop businessman, <laughs> Billionaire Ted. Uh, a little bit of New Japan news. So, again, it shows that, you know, the difference in how much the industry's changed since then because in January 96 Kaiji Muto and Nobuhiko Takado officially went into the record books this week as the biggest drawing feud in pro wrestling history after selling out the Tokyo Dome for the you know second consecutive sellout mm. this was the uh, New Japan versus the UWF UWFI UWFI yeah. should have made note of it really shouldn't I um, but you know the, the whole the invasion angle which you know Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff took one note off and went, oh, that's quite interesting. Yeah. The difference is they did it very, very well. Yeah, they did do it very <laughs> and well. they had a logical beginning, middle and end. Yeah. I, I defy anybody who does an invasion angle to have a fucking beginning, middle and end. So it's just <laughs> Dave saying like they, a, a turn away crowd of 64,000 fans nice. sold out two weeks in advance between five to six million dollars. Uh, estimated TV audience in Japan of 14 million so it's just like, it's oh, great, great numbers. But it, it just shows that, you know, from a Western percentage, it's like, oh, the, the, the industry was shit. It's like, nice, no, you're in Japan. Mm. Like I was looking later on, it's like um, FMW having sold out shows of like 2,000 people and all the weird little like wrestling and romance are having sold out shows. You got all Japan putting on all-time classics. New Japan are breaking records left, right, and center. And then over in America, it's just shit in the bed. So... It's a weird, yeah, it's a very different time. But, I mean, it, it's talking of America. This just shows how stacked the industry was at the time. So we've known this for a while, but on January 5th, Public Enemy, ha Public Enemy had their final ECW match. Yes. Um, on the show in question, Paul Heyman put together an angle to distract uh, fans from dwelling on the fact that Public Enemy were leaving, Cactus Jack was about to leave. So this is the time when Beulah McGillicutty announced she was pregnant with Tommy Dreamer's baby. The famous, mm. you know, it's Tommy's. <laughs> but as fucking Dave's written here, this certainly takes something to the extreme, being the dreamer pile drover for about the 35, 35th time most recently at the New York show. But so, Public Enemy, Cactus Jack, and Steve Austin have just left ECW. ECW have replaced them with Shane Douglas and Rob Van Dam. And Chris Jericho and Juventu Guerrero expected in February. Whoa. It's just it, the amount of talent. Like That's some good swappage, that is. Yeah. Some good swappage. Rob Van Dam. Yeah. <laughs> Small matter. I was gonna, I, I'm glad you said that because I was going to mention this, this ECW show in question because just, you know, the small matter of the debut for ECW of Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Had a, had a, you know, a run of Robbie V. Hadn't really sort of captured the imagination yeah. yet. But it, it is in this promotion. It is during this year and next where he will really, and I use this phrase a lot, he'll really find his voice. Yeah. And we will we'll, we'll get a phenomenal performer. Rob Who Van Dam is worth more money here <laughs> and more money elsewhere. Oh, fucking yeah. Leaning into that whole, it's, it's when someone comes along and leans into the whole, yeah, I'm going to go to the big leagues. This place is crap. Yeah. But I'll be here for you. Like, it leans into that whole thing and owns it. And it was such a cool gimmick at the time where yeah. they were so outwardly spoken because normally, like, people would leave, like, they'd be, like, 
it'd be like you sold out or it'd be like you say distractions to prevent yeah, people yeah, from yeah. talking about it but Rob would lean into the fact that hey, I'm probably going to get called up anytime now I'm excited I want somebody in NXT 2.0 to do something like that where they just walk around with just like this braggadocious head on their shoulders going I'm probably going to get the call up to Raw or Smackdown anytime soon I'm going to try out some new names what do you think like <laughs> I look, just the, I just, they just walk around like they're God's gift and go any minute now I'll get the call and I'll be on Raw it'd be brilliant well MJS when doing it in the media hasn't he he's saying oh well I'm not signing anything I'm not signing a contract extension mm. until it's I've got the bargaining power in my hands it's like oh WWF do great things what was he saying last week I love Bruce Pritchard and yeah, stuff like that he's, so. he's great he knows what he's doing and you you make some money young man oh, you make some money yeah the time in the industry is fleeting fucking fill your boots yeah definitely but um, an interesting tidbit I noticed during Dave Melter's usual w, uh, WFC, UFC <laughs> Wankfest, because <laughs> I thought this was a modern phenomenon that uh, Dave Melter just talked about MMA and the Wrestling Observer, but he's been doing it since. I, I think sometimes when the news is a bit light, yeah. he will chat a bit UFC. Yeah, I think. So 95 was a banner year for UFC. It was still controversial, banned left, right, and center, but they had like Shamrock coming up, they had. Uh, I think Don Fry kind of in the mix. They had Dan Severin just eating people. He started the Gracies. <laughs> Literally eating people. But it's one thing that Dave, <laughs> Dave said while pontificating about the success of the UFC, he said, unfortunately, the most important point of the success of UFC as it relates to the pro wrestling industry, a lesson taught by what happened in Japan from 1988 to the present when work shoot fighting became a popular sport is that shoots or work shoots can be used to make pro wrestling more popular as a spectator sport because things can be taken from the shoots and implemented into the work style that would be believable if integrated in a believable fashion. So obviously, the way 1996 goes, the NWO invasion, is it real? Is it fake? The way that attitude comes as like, oh, you know, this gimmick sucks. I'm no longer X. I'm this and stuff. He's accidentally said, yeah, if wrestling wants to be good, it needs to become more believable and more of a shoot. Or, yeah, more authentic and kind of own a little bit more of yeah. the fakeness. Yeah. See, Dave, I know Dave gets a lot of flack these days, but there's, when you look back on some of these, he's on the money for quite a bit. Yeah. And I know they say, like, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day, hmm. but, like, he's on the money for, st- like, like little, little nuggets like that where he goes, look, if wrestling needs to, to grow, it needs to be a bit more authentic. It needs to lean into stuff a little bit. Yeah. More. And, and he was right because, because how soon when, that, when those walls start coming down do, with WCW doing, you know, the NWO invasion, you know who I am, you don't know why I'm here. And like the, that frantic nature of that show, it's still very crap at the moment if you listen to the classic Nitro review. <laughs> the, the Nitro review itself is wonderful. Me and wonderful. Sam have a lovely time. But the, the actual episodes of Nitro are shit. But once they lean in a little bit more to it and, and they're a bit more sort of controlled with the chaos, WWF will follow suit and then the Attitude Era will be born and yeah. everything will change. And, and you still see little shades of that now. Um, you know, a little bit more. It's probably not as free as it once was. No. But there's still little shades of it now. And yeah. This all comes from... I'm not saying Dave said, go and be more authentic, but no. Dave sort of foresaw that that change was going to help bring around a new a new golden era of wrestling. And it did. Yeah. It, he, it absolutely he, did. He was aware of audience tastes and changing fashions and trends and stuff like that. Not changing fashions, but, you know, mm. he'd seen that UFC was rising because people just wanted 
we just want hard men just causing carnage. We don't want, you know, clowns and mantar and stuff like that. I mean, I want mantar, but... We all want mantar, secretly. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, another weird story that I've never heard before. Oh. So Dave said, it was reported a few weeks back on the Jim Scheiman 900 line The Shawn Michaels inherited $2.5 million from a wrestling fan that he didn't know had just passed away. Uh mm. This is a true story. It happened a few months back and word just got out. Michaels had attempted to keep it quiet. uh, And at the press conference that we'll see bits later, he was asked about this and got really mad and said no comments and said not to ever bring the subject up again. Michaels still wants to continue wrestling, although he's probably moving into a bigger house. (laughs) Let's just say it moved me to to a a bigger house. house. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I... I that is a weird one because I can imagine Michaels probably does feel a bit awkward about it. Yeah. There was a thing in the news the other day, weirdly echoes this, um, which which actually picked up some national press over here, which was to do with Liv Morgan. Oh, no. I've seen so this. Liv Morgan, there was somebody online, Liv Morgan put this on Twitter and said that, that, that a fan of hers had been hoodwinked by somebody online pretending to be her right, yeah. and had donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to what he believed was Liv Morgan, even to the point where she says they sold their house God. to send Liv Morgan money. And obviously it was... It was a scam. It was a, it was a, it was a sham. Yeah. And, uh, and she put out a thing saying, look, please don't just give strangers money. Yeah. Like, and that's the kind of point where we have to say that. And that's terrifying. The thing is, like, I've, I've had a Liv Morgan uh, fake account DM me before. And it's when you know it's, it, it's really obvious. <laughs> When you, I think when you're not blinded by, by a love or an infatuation or an admiration, it's really obvious. Yeah. Um, and they started messaging me and say, you know, saying, hello, this is my private account. I hope you are well and okay. And I was like, Liv, and I, Liv, why are you talking like that? It's me. I know this is your private account. Are you okay? Yes, I am, my friend. How are you? And I went, oh, by the way, I've got that tenor I owe you. Do you want me to send it across? Yes, please. When can you send it? When can you send the ten pounds that you owe me? Yeah. Please, thank. You. And just and I left it, and they was and there were messages of saying, "When are you sending me the money?" When are you send just block them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I once got a fake DM. Well, a DM. From I didn't send the money, by the way. I blocked the account, but it was interesting to see how quickly that turned. You only sent a fiver. So. <laughs> said, yeah, the joke's on her. I sent a fiver. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I got a DM from a fake Rhea Ripley. It's like, oh, they, they, they know that. It's like, oh, Jack Atkins likes Australian goths. And it's like, yeah, but I know it's not Rhea Ripley. So. <laughs> Blocked. Yeah, so it's funny. I, so I can imagine Sean feeling quite, frust- quite not frustrated, but like feeling weird about it. Yeah. For somebody, for a stranger to donate all that money to him. Yeah, and probably doesn't want to get resentment from the boys. Yeah. What would you do if someone said, Jackins, here's $2.5 million? I'd fucking disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go off the grid. Just wouldn't turn up to work one day. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Or I'd turn up and be like, right, there's going to be a lot of changes around here. <laughs> this is my company now. I think I just have to, I'd have to donate it somewhere. I know that sounds like a real sort of like pious thing to say, but I don't know whether I, I could, I couldn't accept it. I just could not accept that. If it was like, if it, if it was a tenner. Yeah, yeah, I used to. Thanks, I'll have a nice coffee. Are that money, I couldn't. I absolutely couldn't. I used to have a hard time weird. accepting like a fiver off my nan. I was like, nan. Mm. <laughs> Don't now. <laughs> she was like, "You're six I was like, "No, nah. Let, let's let's be rational about this." Exactly. Um, 
talk about fivers. You were saying, oh yeah. The, actually, no, you weren't saying at all. WWF house shows the past. <laughs> I love, I love the the passion and the commitment to the segue that didn't exist. That it's, was like that was like when Wiley Coyote just keeps running off a cliff, but hasn't noticed he's off the cliff and stops, and then just suddenly stops when he realizes that's what happened there. <laughs> you could have just carried on running. Well, I remembered you were saying about <laughs> weather problems, and I thought, ah, yes. this is related. And then I started reading my notes, and I was like, I don't think these are quite related. <laughs> it's been a few weeks. We, we haven't seen each other. <laughs> well, we have. Like, you sit at the table opposite. Yeah, but... Kayfabe. We, we, <laughs> but I normally see the back of your head more than anything else. Yeah, and then I'll just turn around and say, isn't so-and-so a twat? <laughs> and <I> just... <laughs> is he, oh, somebody on the, on, on the shit list in our office. <laughs> oh, yeah, I usually just... <laughs> Burst through the door saying, and another thing! <laughs> another thing! Right, okay, gravy king! It's my idea! Let me tell you, we've got chicken gravy, beef gravy, or if you're weird, we've got vegetarian gravy king. It's just water. I bumped into John Eiley the other day. Hello, John. John Eiley. Uh, Photoshop John Eiley. We, we still badger him every so often for Photoshops and stuff like that. He put a thing on Twitter. Um, where he, you know, he's, he's, he's ace on Twitter and Instagram. He's lovely. He sometimes tells some jokes. He sometimes just takes pictures of what he's doing. He's great. And he took a picture of like, or he said, oh, I'm just bank holiday weekend. I'm having a little quiet pint and some food on, on my own. Because he's, he's like me. He's just like sometimes he likes his own company. But I spotted where his pint was and I went, I know where that is. And I'm current. Like I was sat in a coffee shop probably 10 minutes away. Yeah. And I went, I know where he is. And I swear to God, I necked back my coffee. I went, I'm going to go and bother him. <laughs> and I just marched my way there. I just put my hand on his back and I just went, what are you having? <laughs> and we had a cheeky fight together. And then I ran up because I had to go and work elsewhere. Then I had to run away. But um, when we were chatting, he's um, he's a big fan of the bulldog impression. Oh, thank so you, John. He says he normally has to stop and recover when we go on to big bulldog tangents. So thank you, old John. John. <laughs> appreciate it, John. Oh, lovely. Come to John King. <laughs> <laughs> Former Tramia Rovers owner Johnny King. <laughs> John King, would you buy a Tranmere or lend us a fiver? <laughs> Send it straight into me, uh, me Olyphants. So, talking to Kings, <laughs> no segue again. Uh, WWF house shows this past weekend were strong. <laughs> I know this is about the strong like a king. Strong, strong like King Strongman. King Strongman. So we're strong, strongman. Especially considering the horrible weather in the northeast. So there yeah. was, there was, there was a weather link. You'd have been fine. Yeah. So most shows were headlined by Bretton Undertaker going over Owen and Yokozuna. The, the semi-finals, as Dave's port so the semi-main event, was scheduled as Ramon, Razor Ramon, and Diesel versus Sid and the Kid. However, Kid missed the entire weekend. Brackets don't know why. <laughs> so Jeff Jarrett was flown in as a replacement. Then Sid was pulled from the semi in New Haven and uh, Triple H was put in his place and kept the spot all weekend. Instead, St Sid worked New Haven against Bob Holly, did the job to Bob Holly, and didn't work the rest of the show. Sid lost to Bob Holly? Apparently. Who's he pissed off? <laughs> I don't know. Unless that's the main in New Haven. Oh, um, my God. God, could you imagine if that was the main in New Haven? God, imagine it. I wonder. Will that be on cage match? But I've it, got to know. But yeah, he says a Sid worked New Haven against Bob Holly, did the job and didn't work the rest of the shows. So you're looking what? Oh, God, I know. Yeah, J January 96. I tried to type in Sid, but my phone translated it as did. <laughs> I don't 
Did vicious? Did vicious what? No. Psycho did. Psycho did what? Psycho says what? It's a good joke that. No, love it. No, Sid vicious. Give me Sid vicious. Yeah, your thing. We are going. to... Whilst I'm checking this, is that your last bit of? No, no, no. I'll tell you what. Oh, I think we will be. Oh, if I just type in cage. By the way, whoever puts together cage match, thank you. Oh God. I'd love to chat to you. Oh God. And your team because you have no idea. I hope. Well, maybe you do know. Um, like the the genuine service that you provide for content creators at the Wrestling Variety all around the world. Thank you. Oh God, it God makes our you. lives so much easier. So if you if you are or you know who they are, like reach out. We would like to say thank you properly. Yeah. Because genuinely, what you do is phenomenal. Um, okay, Sid beats Bob Holly. Um, they act okay. So. Here we go. Bob Ollie beats Sid. WWF House Show, New Haven Coliseum. See, thank you, Cage Match. God bless you. Um, there wasn't even the main. Oh, God. <laughs> so this was the card for New Haven. Fatu beats Bob Backlund. Christ, this was... Uh, oh, Bob? All the legends got screwed tonight. The Body Donners uh, beat Barry Horowitz and Marty Jannetty. Ooh. <laughs> Pat on the back and snuff up the... Um, <laughs> as they are better known. Bob beats Sid. Henry Godwin beat Rad Radford. Christ. Smoking Guns beat Jerry Lawler and Isaac Yankum. Goldust beat Savio Vega. Battle of the Legends! Uh, Diesel and Razor teamed up to face Helmsley and Jarrett, as you said. Yeah. Ahmed Johnson beat Bulldog by DQ. Oh, fuck Whoa. it up. And then that main event, Bret Hart and Undertaker, Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Mm. That's not a bad show, actually, in Connecticut. It's all right. Did Helmsley get cheered in Connecticut? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hometown boy. Hometown boy. <laughs> We got some Goldust news. They are making strong references on TV that the Goldust gimmick may all be an act to make Razor, to take Razor Ramon off his guard and get the title. So they may change the character up, although they played up big that he's a movie buff. There have been lots of complaints from fans at the arenas because he's fondling himself at the shows. <laughs> oh, I should laugh because I know that many have been banned from UK shows. <laughs> <laughs> God. Well, like I was saying, one step towards the attitude here, you've got ambiguous androgynous gold mm. dust basically <laughs> rubbing his nipples and wanking and shows. <laughs> Allegedly. He's not been wanking, it's not been saying he's probably just been rubbing he's himself. Definitely he's, been rubbing his nipples. Um, I mean, I I get it from an all a, a 1996 audience that is, you know, used to a certain type of the wrestling. Yeah. Suddenly goes to a show and they go, Daddy, who's that? <laughs> Why is the gold man biting at people? That's, that's, <laughs> that's Dusty Rhodes' dad, son. So, a um, couple more little tidbits. It's expected Al Snow will debut with a new gimmick at the next tapings. R.I.P. Avatar, we hardly knew Avatar's yet. already... Go- will this be Shinobi? Oh, God. Yeah, probably. Or... It won't be Leaf yet, will it? Might be Leaf. Ooh. Leaf Cassidy, I know, is on the card at Survivor Series 96. I know okay. it's in November. But, but still, it's got to come from somewhere. It's got to come from somewhere. So this could potentially be Leaf Cassidy. This made me laugh because it shows the, the state of the wrestling com- uh, wrestling industry in America and also WWF, WWF and things. WCW is selling advertising for this quarter for Mondays, promising advertisers a 2.5 rating, the average to 2.4. Mm-hmm. WWF is promising advertisers a 2.7. 
they also have average at 2.4. It's just like, <laughs> WF is just like, yep, yep, we'll give you this. Like, <laughs> we'll, just, like, we'll, we'll give you more, you bastards. But this final bit, I told it to Aiden and we were pissing ourselves. <laughs> so on January 1st in Germany, Nitro started airing. And the WCW announcing team includes a 16-year-old boy who doesn't know anything about wrestling nor care about it. What? He's the son of producer Dieter Crap. <laughs> on the first show, he spent half the time talking about basketball. Two of the other announcers, Peter William and Nick Helt, are doing a gimmick feud during the show, with William doing a gimmick pretending to be drunk on the air. So you've got one fella pretending to be drunk, a 16-year-old boy who likes basketball, and then just some other fella kicking off. So this is Nitro being <laughs> dubbed over in Germany, and this is the announce team they've got to listen to? A 16-year-old boy? God. Son of dear to crap. Oh, my God. It's amazing. We're going to have some fun with that. That's amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, I wonder if the, no, the, Germ, the German com commentary won't be on the network, will it, for Nitro? But isn't that the most WCW thing you've ever heard? It is. They've <laughs> just, that sounds like they've just gone, okay, we'll leave somebody to sort that. Yeah. We won't worry about that. I will, you know, Mr. Crap, can you please sort out the commentary? <laughs> yep, fine, I've got it all under control. <laughs> I know wrestling me. Come on, son. Get away from that Chicago Bulls match. <laughs> Get the ball to Tucker. <laughs> Basically, of commentary. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna. We'll do some digging on them. I want to find out what became of the son of crap. Yeah. I want to find out. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, what happened to crap? <laughs> Whatever happened to crap? <laughs> what became of the crap? We, we used to crap. Oh, what happened to crap? Whatever happened to crap? What happened to the crap? We used to crap. <laughs> if you know the TV show, a 10 points. Give yourself 10 points on your Cold Wallet Classic Raw Review scratch card. Yeah. Is that all the news for this week? That's that's all. A lot of news going down let's, there. Let's get to it. Let's get to the meat and all the potatoes. It is January of the... Is it January the 8th? 8th. January the 8th. Monday Night Raw is on tonight on WWF. Yeah. The Shawn Michaels press conference. Shawn Michaels teasing that it's the end of his wrestling career. Ooh. We will watch the press conference tonight and find out from the horse's mouth himself. Sorry, Shawn, you're not a horse. <laughs> Billionaire Ted is planning another WWF ripoff, apparently. Ooh. We'll see what he's up to later. We're going to get a replay from In Your House. It is Bulldog's title shot against Bret Hart, the one with all the blood. <laughs> I thought it was squirty cream. <laughs> Thought it was red sauce for the top of an ice cream, you bastards. Well, that's red sauce, gig. <laughs> I've got it. It's just one big pipe. <laughs> you stand under it and we go over here. you got you got to be quick, though, because ice cream king's actually two rolls away. <laughs> and if it's really hot, your ice cream's fucked before you get it back. Don't forget to go to Corn King first. Otherwise, you just have a handful of ice cream. <laughs> uh, wasps will come after you. Wasp king. <laughs> We shouldn't have put Wasp King between Ice Cream King and Raspberry Sauce King. We've made a mistake there. Just dynamite kid at Wasp King just going, ah, <laughs> fuck yeah. off. Bulldog walking down the street in America and sees a Dairy Queen. Queen! <laughs> Who the fuck are you? How have you know I am the All Foods King? <laughs> dairy Queen? <laughs> More like shit, Queen, am I right? Oh. <laughs> Who are you, you bastard queen? <laughs> Long live the kings. Anyway, Bulldog's title shot is on the show tonight. 
And Scheme Gene is a guest on Slam Jam. Hooray. Fuck me. We are we, we are seemingly waffle thin. But as the opening match is starting, Vince McMahon says, oh, also tonight, we're going to find out who the million dollar champion is. Ooh. Last week, it was revealed that Ted DiBiase has handpicked somebody to take the million dollar championship into 1996. We will find out who that is mm. very, very soon. Before we get into the meat of it, unless you've got this written here. I don't think I have. Did you notice the new intro? No. They've gone back to the classic. Why I didn't notice it, but I'm glad they did. But the footage, right, it starts. And the first thing you see is Roddy Piper slapping Goldust. Which won't happen for a month. So I think this has been touched up on WWE nowhere because it did some digging and originally it shows Jeff Jarrett twatting Ahmed Johnson with the disc but it's new footage of all the stars like Ahmed and Sid throwing the kid and stuff but yeah just this version started with Roddy Piper slapping Goldust and I was like hang on because this is a this is a taped show as well this is from December 18th so it's yeah but Roddy Piper's not turned up yet yeah he doesn't turn up until the end of January spoiler Spoiler. <laughs> I wonder whether, they, as you say, whether they've just touched it up in post and just put a different intro on the start. Yeah, but they've gone back to the the classic Ooh. raw music with the sirens and everything. Interesting to see whether it changes next week. Yes. Want to keep an eye on Jeff Jarrett is in the opening match, though, as he's facing Harkushi. Um, there was a, a line uh, in this as he was coming out to the ring where uh, where Jerry Lawler said that he plans to shut down Harkushi like a New York airport. So this was in reference to the blizzard of 96. The blizzard. The blizzard of 96. So the northeast of America was rocked with a wide snowstorm, mm. like a massive, the third biggest snowstorm in the history of the northeast of America. Right. And it shut down all major transport routes. It just caught everybody, metaphorically, with their trousers down. It cut all off all major transport routes. Uh, supermarkets were laid bare. It was So it was amazing that they were able to, to, to keep going the way they did. The fact that we only had like two people missing yeah. from the shows. And obviously some of the bits of this are taped and stuff like that, so there's less pressure in that yeah. case. But the fact they're able to still push through regardless. We'll see whether it affects upcoming house shows in the next week because I believe like we have this blizzard that hits and then the following week there is a storm that comes down from Alberta that Ooh. has a similarly nasty effect. So yeah. like there's a you get like a two like a like a double like a double whammy of storms yeah. that hit America. Uh, so yeah any references to storms and stuff this week come from there because there's a couple throughout the show. Uh, Jeff Jarrett all all in control at the start of this match. Even through the break, Double J is in charge. He's using the lope for leverage on an abdominal stretch. Not it, boy. <laughs> Jerry Lawler starts using football parlance. Vince shuts him down and says, that was last week. We won't speak about the Raw Bowl again. I liked the Raw Bowl. I did in hindsight. I thought yeah. it was going to be shit. And I watched it. I was like, ah, History's fun. kind of taken a dump on it. Yeah. But I thought it was good. It was just good. A, just a nice way to dress up a fatal four-way match. Why not? Uh, Harkushi rallies briefly with a motor splash and a diving double axe handle. Now, there is a proper name for it. I see it in video games all the time. I, I don't think I've ever seen it in the wild. So it was nice to see. It was kind of like a spinning... Forearm. Oh, I know the one you mean. Where he kind of clasps his hand together a la an axe handle. Yeah. And swings his entire body round. But the impact is with the axe handle. Patreon.com. Well, yes, yes. You, <laughs> you can watch us reenact these. 
It's worth every penny. Uh, he went for a springboard splash. He's still doing it. That's great. Look at that. <laughs> I'm hockey. I can't. I can't. I can confirm nor deny that Jack Atkins is doing motion capture for the next 2K22 patch. <laughs> You're in the game somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're hid- <laughs> hidden in the programming, hidden in the code. <laughs> he went for a springboard splash, did Harkushi, but Jarrett got his knees up Mother Brown. Figure four seconds later, Harkushi taps. This felt like a drumming for Harkushi. I thought this might have been his last night in the company, but he's sticking around till at least March. I thought JJ Gibbon. Uh, JJ. JJ. You, were you about to say JJ Gibbon? JJ Gibbon. John? Um, <laughs> it's not, not offensive, is it? He's still with us, and it's a funny little play on words. Yeah. Tag the Undertaker in it, though. Yeah. Cheers, John. I'm, I'm fucking, <laughs> yeah. You can tell I've had a few weeks off, can't you? But uh, no. I quite like JJ Gibbon. I JJ, like. JJ Gibbon. <laughs> uh, the chosen one, JJ Gibbon. <clears throat> I thought he gave him a lot of offense. Like, he got, like, the tumbling splash in the corner. Oh, right stuff. near the end. Yeah. Like, I felt like it was all Jarrah, all Jarrah, all Jarrah. And then, like, maybe three moves, three yeah. big moves from Haku. Yeah. And then... Knees up, figure four. Hakushi's a weird one because he's a good wrestler, but he sticks out like a sore thumb in WWF. Yeah, like he's like he's a solid wrestler, but and like he's very crisp, but he's just stoic. And it's like, nah, it's big neon WWF. You need a bit more, so it just. But I almost think, like in terms of him not sticking out, that's kind of why he sticks out. Oh, but yeah. then I don't think they they've they've been wildly inconsistent with him. He went from kind of this like this heralded. Uh, uh, almost assassin from the Far East. Yeah. He went after Bret Hart. And then they sort of made him sort of comedy character with Barry Horowitz. And now he's on this sort of half-hearted, half-witted baby face run. I feel like if you committed just to making him yeah. just like this, this monster, this, this, this stoic monster, I think there's money. Yeah. I think, but they, but it go, would go so against a lot of what the company is about to do that. Yeah. It's not what they look for in a top star with Hakushi, no, which is a shame because I think the idea of him like going on an undefeated streak and then squaring up to Bret Hart and being like a genuine threat to Bret Hart. And being like, I'm going to rip off your head. Yeah, doing all <laughs> that, but a year later. Yeah. It'd be brilliant. But hey, it is what it is. What did you think of the match? I thought it was fine for what it was. I was, yeah. just, I was surprised at the lack of offense of Hakushi, but now I talk about it, I'm probably not. They seem very keen to push Jeff Jarrett. Now he's back in the fold. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was away for a bit. He fell out with the company. He's very much back. And these, there's plans afoot for him. He'll be a part of um, a, a few things going forward, but not not for too long. No. We'll keep an eye on it. It's, it's, it's a weird couple of years, isn't it? It's a strange old time for Double G. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jim Ross is hosting the Slam Jam. Which is now the, sort of like the action, the name for the action center. Yeah. Slam Jam was a, they, I think, well, Slam Jam was a song. Yeah. Everybody to the left, Slam. It's a Slam Jam. Oh. Which is like a slightly retooled version of the WrestleMania song, which they released after it. Um, but Slam Jam was, um, well, that's what that was. But this is kind of their new name for the action zone. Yeah. Um, Jim Ross is hosting it because Doc Hendricks, quote, got beat by old man Winter, Oof. which either means like he's stuck in the blizzard or just some blokes kick shit out of him and he can't be there. And, and with Doc, you don't know which kind of blizzard or what kind of snow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, we saw him covered in, in powder. Uh, that's why JR is here anyway. It's nice to see Jim Ross, a young, sprightly Jim Ross. I put he's probably 18 at this point. <laughs> Jim Ross is one of those guys that just always looked old. Yeah. God love him. He hypes up the rumble, runs down a few entrants. Do you want to give us the music and I'll do Vince? I didn't write all the names down. Oh, I've got them. Oh, I've okay. got them. Okay, okay, I'll do the music. Da, 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 the 1996 Royal Rumble. Da, 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 Dun. Isaac Yankum DDS. Henry Godwin. Glang, glang. Marty Janay. Glang, glang. Karma. Glang, glang. Glang. Body on a skip. Glang, glang. Future Triple Crown Champion to Kawa Amore. Nice. Glang, 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 glang. Two names stick out there. Yep. Doug Gilbert. Yeah. From the USWA. Yeah. He won a rumble a few days before this on a USWA show to earn the right to be in this rumble. Yeah. He was a reigning USWA tag team champion at this point as well with Tommy Rich. Hmm. They won't reference that. No. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, Takawa Mori. It's what a, so what a sign in this is. Yeah, it's the fucking Forbidden Door back in 1996. Proper Forbidden Door. And sadly, there's no picture. It's no. just Jim Ross saying his name which, and then kind of rushing on. I feel like you could put a little bit of emphasis on some of these names. I think he mentions All Japan by name as well, doesn't he? All, I think he says, All Japan Pro Wrestling to care more. Yes, he does. Yeah. Um, he was about to wrap up year one of what would become a five-year reign as all-Asian tag team champion with Jun Akiyama. Fuck me. Yeah. It's a good time for wrestling. Isn't People it? complain <laughs> about the Roman Reigns title yeah. reign, but here we go. This is also going to be his first wrestling appearance in America. Shit. What a way to make your Western debut in the Rumble. So I've got some bits from the Observer about the Rumble, but he doesn't go into details about how the deals come across. Because uh, Dave said the latest regarding editions uh, about the Royal Rumble... Uh, Vader was planning on coming in almost full-time while still making occasional Japan commitments. But as of press time, it only agreed to do the Rumble and nothing else. Uh, they said there's a good chance he'll be in as a regular, but it's not a done deal. He's also in serious discussion with New Japan about working there more regularly in 96. 
Outsiders announced this week with Jake Roberts, who's right now only in for one shot because the snake said he's got religious bookings he wants to keep, but may work occasional shots in the future. But, you know, 96, Jake Roberts, he's mm. quite historic. Yeah, uh, he's, he's just put Doug Gilbert, this is a one-shot. Takao Mori and Karma, a one-shot. And apparently Cactus Jack promo starts airing over the weekend, but he won't be in the Rumble. Dan Severin's turned down the WWF. And apparently Sabu wanted to come in for the Rumble. Apparently Sabu, because this is kind of the weird time. It's part of the love-hate relationship between Sabu and Paul Heyman, isn't it? Mm. But apparently he spoke to NWA's Dennis Coraluzzo to contact WWF about getting him in. They even worked out a finish to protect him where he'd throw someone over the top, then do a plancher over the top, you know, through a table while eliminating himself with an um, announcer saying, oh, he hasn't realized it, blah, blah, blah. Paul Heyman put the kibosh on it and said, no, I want to do an ECW pay-per-view. I don't want Sabu. I don't want anyone else like looking weak on TV because he wants Sabu versus Taz. And, right, Sabu still wanted to do the Rumble, but Paul Heyman promised him a bigger payoff <laughs> and a better spot on the show uh, and twisted it for the ECW crowd, saying, oh, you see Sabu, WF want him? Ah, fuck off. He's ECW. Isn't that funny? Things that, like, I, there's a, yeah, you can twist that and make it sound pretty special. Yeah. I, I, I get the frustration, yeah. and I get why Paul would do that. I guess... You know, seeing how Sabu was booked in WCW, like they they kind of they presented him somewhat strong, but also as a bit of a fucking idiot. Mm. And I there is it'd be difficult to put the trust in WWF, even if you had plans outlined for how he would debut or how he'd turn up in the Rumble. Yeah, you know, like lastminute.com, all that could change, and then you're powerless if you're in the build. If Sabu's there waiting to go in the goal, by the way, slight change of plan, you're going out there in 30 seconds, you're gonna get chucked out by Jake Roberts, yeah. like, and that's what you do about it. And then, yeah, but there's so Paul Haber wanting to protect like the guy he's gonna head up the company with. I get it, but then I think he'd end up owing Sabu more money than giving him money. And I mean, ECW barely legal won't be until April 97. Anyway, yeah, he's so. got a year to wait on that one. Yeah. But I never knew Sabu wanted to come in for the Rumble. Yeah, apparently so. Because this is really the cool. time, I think it was 95 that him and Heyman had fallen out because Heyman was like, oh, come to ECW. He's like, fuck that, New Japan have offered me money. <laughs> and they pay me. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, so Sabu basically saying, you know what, I'm a cult hero. I'm a, getting a big buzz around me. I can mm. get money. He was like, fuck it, get me in the Royal Rumble. I'll, I'll do it. That's great, that. Yeah. Dan Severin, an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, he, he just apparently said, Dan, what do you think? And he said, fuck no, I'm making so much money in the UFC. Because <laughs> the urban legend is, obviously, Severin will come into WF. But the urban legend is that at the Royal Rumble, he said, I'm not losing... I'm fucking hard. I'll just shoot <laughs> to batter everyone and win it. <laughs> and then they were just like, Dan, please don't do that. He's like, oh, God, right then. But apparently, yeah, the rumors where he's just like, I'm not going to throw it over. It's like, try throwing me over the top. Try it. Try it. Get your hardest. Try it. I like how Dan Seven didn't quite get it. And I love yeah. him for it. I love he always stuck to his guns, that sweaty gray shirt. Yeah. He always, he always stuck to his, he was always his true self. He spoke his truth, that boy did. And God love him. God love him. He still looks like a kind of... He still looks like somebody who's, drew, who's drawn Burt Reynolds from memory. Yeah. And I really like him for it. He looks like if, if you watch like an American film from the 90s, like, oh, he's, yeah. someone's, he's someone's nice dad, but he'll break you in half. Is 
you ever cast uh, Dan Severin as like somebody's dad in a film? <laughs> Where like he's a lovely guy, but like if the if the, if the neighborhood bully turns up, he just freaking stretches up, just breaks his thumbs. That'd be amazing. Yeah, Dan. My people call your people. I've got a, I've got a show on a pitch for you. <laughs> Scheme Gene says he's got some news on the Rumble. He'll give us a little bit later on. I thought this more, looked more like uh, Thompson and Thompson from Tintin than me and Gene. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great shout. <laughs> it looked very dodgy. Yeah. It looked a bit sad. Yeah. Um, but we'll dip back into him later on. I guess the point is that it needs to look sad. <laughs> um, Needs to look sad. It needs to look sad. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they're bringing in some some heavy star power, even though Dan has said, no, I'll fucking kill everybody if I do. So they're raising the price of the Rumble. Yes, they this. They're bumping yeah. it up a fiver. It's going to be worth it. You'll well, get it. I thought it was, I mean, we the, must have made the announcement of Jake Roberts on Superstars. But it was still very subdued. It was like, oh, Jake Roberts is here. It's like, what? One of the biggest stars of the 80s, but then, James like, but, they, but they kind of mentioned this. They mentioned everybody so casually. Yeah. Like Dory Funk Jr. last week, they yeah. just threw his name in. I was like, put some put some spice on these announcements. Yeah. Like, these are big. You did for Vader. We've got the Vader vignette again this week. That was great. And he officially said, it's time. Yeah. It's time. It's Vader time. Did the whole thing with the hands. That's, that's a good impression of Vader if you're watching on the Patreon. It's just cool because that's swinging. <laughs> Some uh, some get us uh, confused. They're like, <laughs> they're like, you're right, Vader. I'm like, I'm Jack Atkins. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Talking of confused, if you were if you were listening and not watching, you would think Ahmed Johnson was about to appear on this podcast. Oh, there he is, Ahmed in action now <laughs> against Jeff Brettler. What the fuck was he wearing? I put here, <laughs> Jeff is wearing your weird auntie's curtains as trousers. I've put here. Jeff Brettler, what the fuck are you wearing, you shite hawk? Big wide leg pajamas <laughs> up to his tits. He looked shite hawk. <laughs> they were the it's the worst wrestling attire I've ever seen. This 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 adds to my theory that when jobbers come in to do WWF at this point, there's just like a lost property bin. Yeah, they have to go through to get their ring gear because some of the shit that people wear is is unreal. I can't imagine they've gone out and chose it. It's just whatever's in the lost property bin. He was dressed like Abdullah the Butcher on holiday. It's just <laughs> wide, flowery, flowing pants all the way up like Simon Cowell. And I was just like, oh, mate. They were like Haku's trousers. <laughs> they were. They were in, his, in his WWF run in 01. But on an averagely built man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like imagine imagine, imagine, ha uh, imagine Harry from Dagenham wearing Haku's trousers. Yeah. And you've got our boy here, Jeff Brettler. Anyway, Jeff tries to jump Ahmed from the off with a clothesline that is zero effective. If anything, Thin, he takes damage from trying to clothesline Ahmed. <laughs> he holds his arm like when he does it and when Ahmed doesn't move. I then put, Jesus Christ, does this guy owe Ahmed money? Oh, God. Far terrifying Sambo suplex. He nearly fucking kills him. <laughs> he nearly kills like, And you can tell that Ahmed gets him gripped for it, like Uranagi style, kind of counts down before he throws him. But it's just something about midair where this guy just completely goes on his head, nearly gets pile driven off a Sambo suplex. Oh, God, yeah. Don't worry, you've got time to recover. Oh, wait, no, you haven't, because Ahmed Johnson is going to Irish whip you across the ropes. You're going to bounce back off the ropes 
and he's going to hit you with a clothesline. Except here's the thing. He whips you across the fucking... There's your clothesline, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, he's fucking dangerous. He, yeah. He just completely takes this lad's head off. We then get... Um, we then get an axe kick to the small of the back and and right across his cheekbone as well. Did you notice? Fuck me. He's just like flailing. <laughs> he was kicking with the wrong leg as well. <laughs> so say if, imagine you're facing someone and your right shoulder is perpendicular with their left shoulder. For TV, you'd kick with your right leg to hit them on the left. Ahmed was kicking with his left leg and going across, and it looked awkward, and he was catching him weird, and it looked sloppy, and he kept doing it. He kept kicking with the wrong leg, basically. I feel like someone's controlling Ahmed, but just mashing the buttons. Yeah. That's how his offense... Like, there's no rhythm or flow to his offense. It's just like some power moves, some random kicks. He then hits a spine, but... Fuck me, Ahmed's spine, but... Right. And they look... When they're on, they look great. But, like, he does this one, like, gets the leg under, pulls it back away, goes down. But then, like, he trips yeah. as he's on the way down to the point where, like, he's lying on top of the poor bastard. But he basically hit him with what can only be described as a shoot spine buster. Because <laughs> he fell and just put all this fucking weight into the poor bastard. Fuck, me! I did like the way you shouted, come here, like Scorpion before. <laughs> yeah. though. Fuck off! I, like <laughs> you don't need to ask me to. You're gonna drag me there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's not real, mate. Chill. Uh, and then we get the Pearl River plunge. I think we've had uh, a bit of discourse about the Pearl River plunge from the Observer before, whereby it's a fine move to take as long as you know you yeah. work in cooperation and your back's flat as you land. It's fine. But I just I can't help but feel like. I don't know. I don't. I don't know whether giving Ahmed the Pearl, the Pearl River plunge is the right thing to do. But it's even like Dave says. The Pearl River plunge is fine, but that spine buster's kind of fucking fuck yeah, it ruins some people. Uh, so Ahmed wins, <laughs> wins by just obliteration here. Uh, Jeff Jarrett runs out, tries to attack Ahmed. He's got the guitar, but he misses. And then just as Ahmed's coming for him, Jarrett legs it. He just legs it. Leaves his guitar. And Ahmed just fucking batters the guitar on the turnbuckle. Apparently a gift by Garth Brooks, Yes, this guitar yeah. was. I did like the fact when you first saw the guitar as well, Vince just goes, is that a Gibson? I was like, wow, Vince actually knows the name brands of guitar. It wasn't a Gibson, but the I, fact that he knew I what think a Gibson he was. Just guessed. Yeah. I've heard of Gibson. It was like, that is a guitar, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, now a wrestler for NXT. Fuck me, though. I've just got it. Ahmed is dangerous and green as fuck. <laughs> But he's awesome. He is still great. <laughs> the fans are on board. I thought the feud of Jarrett was building decently, but this is the worst. He's look, he looked so dangerous. I he think looked really dangerous. They give him, like, like I know it sounds daft, but, like, don't give him complicated moves. No. Like, a Sambo suplex. Like, really? No! No way. I barely trust him with a regular suplex. Yeah. Let alone one that involves, uh, like, a, like, a unique one with a, with a very bespoke history and heritage, which involves you sort of, sort of crossing over the hands and then bringing them down. Like, that's... No. Honestly, like, Spinebuster, <laughs> I'd say fine, but fuck... <laughs> In theory, oh, he's a lot of coccyx smashed during '96 because of Ahmed Johnson. Alaria, fine. Yeah. Those kicks get to fuck. Yeah. Can't control your legs. Pearl, what would you give him instead of a Pearl River plunge? Maybe just that fucking spine buster. The Pearl River plunge is cool though. Yeah. And so far, they've looked the safest out of his arsenal. It's just knowing yeah. the fact that he is a bit wonky and that can go very wrong very quickly. I wonder. Yeah, maybe. 
yeah, I think maybe the, if if not that, then just the fucking spine buster does. Yeah, it? just the spine buster. But I mean, going back to that suplex though, like Taz used to get a lot of shit for doing that and dropping people on his head on their heads, and that's Taz who's a judoka mm. and a suplex machine. So Ahmed Johnson trying it, fucking no, nope, absolutely. No. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I'd have probably died if I was an enhancement guy in 96. They go, you're facing Ahmed. Okay. Right, I'm going to do Sampo Suplex. I said, no, don't. Too late, I'm doing it. I go, okay. And then next week, you'll face Yokozuna, and he'll be like, you know the bonsai drop? I'm going to fucking properly do it on you. <laughs> <It's>, oh. <laughs> bonsai drop you into the concrete, Poor mate. Poor Hammer Oh, my God. Um, next week, The Undertaker with the power of the it's going to face Isaac Yankum DDS. First ever televised singles clash between the two. It is indeed. They did a little bit in Smoke Mountain. Yes. But not televised. And they had a little bit of the Survivor Series, but not a singles not match. Not a one This is the first one-on-one on WWF soil between The Undertaker and Kane. Mm. That's got to be Kane. That's got to be. That's got to be Kane. That's got to be Isaac Yankum DDS. <laughs> That's got to be his dentist. He's back. Oh, It's a tune-up for the Rumble for The Undertaker. Um, Marty Jannetty faces Owen Hart next week in a high-flying classic. That should be good. They'll have the belt if they yeah. will. <laughs> Here's an iconic segment. Here's a little bit of uh, wrestling l'histoire. Oh, God. You ready for this? Oof. It's Brother Love. Yeah. Um, Brother Love is out. Chats Teddy Biossi. A little bit of Brother Love news. You know, Sister Love? We talked about Sister Love. We did. It was originally going to be Francine or Beulah from ECW. Yeah, Ashley Allen was the name being touted for Sister Love as another one. Um, that has now been binned because she was featured in a video as the valet of Hunter Hurst Helmsley. Mm. So at this point, they've gone, do you know what? Fuck the Sister Love stuff. Yeah. We don't like Brother Love as it is. Let's not add anymore. <laughs> and don't add, subtract. Ashley Allen... Does she, because obviously Hunter Hearst Helmsley gets a, a, a very famous short-lived valet at WrestleMania. It does indeed. Is that his first valet or does this Ashley Allen actually? Ashley appear? Allen is the first, I believe. Does she appear? Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I, I have a feeling that, he I, gets, think he, I think he has a couple that he kind of alternate. He gets Mr. Hughes for a bit, doesn't he? Yeah, that's much later. Oh, is it? Um, but I think he has a couple of valets. They, they, they name check one at WrestleMania 12 that yeah. becomes a very iconic moment. Yeah. But I think he, I think they rotate a little bit. So he just had the la- the ladies of Helmsley. Yeah, like the valets, which I quite like actually. Like yeah. different valets, different times. Very Downton Abbey. Um, Brother Love uh, is with Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase says he has searched to find someone who exemplifies uh, what a million dollar champion can be. He has found him. Without any further ado, I give you the Ringmaster. Glass shatters. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Hell no. Oh, wait. That's stunning Steve Austin from WCW. What are you doing here? <laughs> uh, this is it. Now, he's been backstage since In Your House yeah. back in December. Uh, he had a short run in ECW, which we've talked about. He was let go from WCW, which is what led to the ECW run. Vince likes him. Vince McMahon wants to bring him in as a good hand. Yes. He wants a good hand in the mid card because he's very aware that whilst there are some superstars that can hold their own, he needs more good hands in the mid card. So he has hired Steve Williams, Steve Austin, to become a good hand in the mid card and nothing else. I mean, some, you know, some idiots might say, oh, 
There's Steve Williams. He could possibly be the most important signing in wrestling history. But no! no! He's no. a good hand in the mid-card! Yeah. And nothing else! We'll give him a sniff at the IC title maybe one no! day. No! He's a good hand in the mid-card! I said a sniff, but didn't you say don't fucking win it! it. You block his nose up! He's a good hand in the mid-card! What? You say he can't transfer it at a house show? Didn't <laughs> <laughs> say so fucking win it! He can't make a whole housewife! Uh, he looks so young here. Oh, he looks adorable. I want to grab his little cheeks. Um, Steve Austin, no moustache, no goatee, no facial hair. A little bit of hair on the top. Yeah. Very fine blonde hair. Like 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 Very, mine. but but blonde. But blonde. To the point where you, where you have to, you know, where on an old VHS tape, you'd assume he was just bald. Yeah. But very fine blonde hair. Uh, green trunks. White boots. White boots with a White. star on. Wowzers. Who's this? He looks generic as bollocks. Generic he? as fuck, mate. And the crowd couldn't be more apathetic. Despite the fact that there's one guy in the crowd that kind of points. And it's a kind of point that it reminds me of that Leonardo DiCaprio point that he uses as a gif. As oh, to yeah. go, oh, I know you. There's maybe a little flicker of awareness. Yeah. I know you! Your class! <laughs> Your class, you are! Where's yeah. Pillman, mate? Um, Where is he? <laughs> DBRC officially crowns Ringmaster the million dollar champion. He puts the belt around the Ringmaster's waist. I don't know why I keep calling him Steve Austin. His name's the Ringmaster. He's the Ringmaster. Uh, Dave Meltzer says there were some other names uh, that were that were rumored. Uh, something less silly than the ringmaster, says Dave. But but they debuted him as the ringmaster nonetheless. Chili McCruise. Chili. Well, oh, we'll get to those in a bit, my man. Um, ringmaster asks us all, and this is it's so it's funny seeing Steve Austin do stuff like this because it's so he's not Steve Austin, he's the ringmaster. Yeah. But 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 so out of from what we know of him, and hearing his voice delivering something so different. Yeah. Because we hear his voice and we immediately think, piece of trash, you goddamn piece of, this big bag of shit, but mother Steve Austin, I'll have a beer, kick your ass, stomp a mud hole, walk it dry. And <laughs> you mealy mouth son of a bitch. Mealy mouth son of a you bitch. listen here, son. Yeah. Ye big <laughs> Is walking, talking, son of a bitch. <laughs> but here we've got reach out your hand and touch the screen and feel what it's like to be great. <laughs> I'm doing Baron von Raschke this. <laughs> and that is all the people need to know. Yeah. Um, he asks us all to reach out his hand and touch his hand. Feel what it's like to be destined for greatness. Mate, you've got no fucking idea how true that statement is. Oh. No fucking idea. Even straight away, like like you, I wasn't expecting him to have the Steve Austin voice. I was expecting mm. him to like affect an accent. But he was fucking electric on the stick straight away. And knowing yeah. what we know, we're just like, oh, I can't wait. Uh, and I, I checked to see how long the name The Ringmaster will stick uh, until March. There you go. Yeah. A few weeks, a few, uh, just a few matches of The Ringmaster. He reveals that he's in the Rumble. Oh. He's going to prove why he's number one. He's going to win the Royal Rumble. And he's going to take the WWF title at WrestleMania. And to which Vincent Mann says, No! He's a good hand in the mid-card! And nothing more! He's not even going to be in the King of the Ring in a handful of months. No, because he's a good hand in the mid-card! He can lose to Marty Jannetty! Fucking Marty Jannetty. Put Bob Ollie over, you prick! <laughs> Akushi! Get Akushi out of here and lose to Akushi in a 
decent, concise manner. You got out in the mid card. Tom, <laughs> I don't know why. It's okay. I don't know why I'm so angry. It's okay. I'm just tired. But he's a good hand! He's a good hand in the mid card! You fuck. You get out there and you, you fucking lose to Isaac Yankum, you piece of fucking. You get out there and you fucking take Rad Radford's finish like a good fucking boy. You're a good hand in the mid card. Listen to me, you green tight sporting <laughs> dick. You little piece of sputum. <laughs> When, 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 to me, when Buddy fuck. Landau's healed up, he's gonna batter you. You get out there and you take one of Ahmed Johnson's shitty fucking suplexes, you little piece of shit. And you will thank him for the privilege. And if you get hurt, I hope it's not your hand because you'll still have one of the good hand in the mid card. Or you'll ever fucking be the ringmaster. <laughs> Anyway, everyone has a prize for the Million Dollar Man, says Ted DiBiase. And he gives us a big old laugh. Austin's in the house. Fucking great. <laughs> the wrestling world is fine again. And this is Austin when he could still wrestle before. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he works around his limitations so beautifully. But yeah. like, we're getting like the full fat Steve Williams wrestling Oh, God, experience. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting the wrestler, the ringmaster, not the, the brawler, Steve Austin. Ah, oh, very exciting. Oh, fucking yes. Come but, on. like, again, another case of last week we had Buddy Landau, this week we've got Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> like, straight away. Yeah. Goldust versus Aldo Montoya. Dun, dun, dun. Um, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of praise for Goldust on commentary. As you said, like, there's, there's talk that this is all like a, an act mm. that he's putting on. They've, they're kind of giving themselves a little get out in case they feel like this character is going too far. They're, they're probably, in, my, in their mind, having a little idea of a workaround which can pull them back yeah. if the character's too much. Um, and this is probably <laughs> what it is. I mean, they this, won't. This is the tip of the iceberg for, Gold, uh, for Goldberg. I nearly said for Goldust. <laughs> tip of the iceberg for Goldberg. As well. But as we'll see, like as the attitude era goes on, Goldust goes off the fucking deep end. He really, really <laughs> does. Uh, it's all Goldust, <laughs> short and sweet. Um, double pedigree stomp. Some boots, yeah. a bit uninspiring. Montoya fires back, back body drop, then gets caught in what will be known as the curtain call for yeah. the three. It's a lovely finisher. It's good finish, the curtain call. Yeah. It's safe. It's delivered well. And no one else is doing a move like it. So yeah. I like the curtain call for this. Is Henry not doing the slop drop? That's similar-ish. It's uh, it's it's similar in, in setup, but different in execution. O-E-E. Because he grabs them, pulls their arm, and gives a big... And then falls yeah, back yeah. with them. Whereas this... Gold just like hoists them up yeah. and almost kind of doesn't go full back suplex, but sort of brings them down as in like a almost like a pancake forward suplex yeah. type move. So it's 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 similar in setup, but different in execution. Because what was he using as the finisher before this? Because he was using something that was underwhelming, wasn't he? he what was, the fuck was it? He was. Was it a neck breaker? Maybe a neck breaker. Yeah, I think it was just a oh, oh, oh. Didn't he finish oh. the match with a kick to the head? Yeah, like a just like a real. He had a, that was it. The one match that we watched, I think he meant to do like a running big boot. Yeah, but it was kind of a medium kick, a running medium kick, and that was it. We're still testing with the waters with finishes in wrestling at this point. Yeah. Some are very established, some not so much. Uh, yeah, got just a just a showcase match for Goldust. Yeah, I've just got nothing squash, but Goldust character still really good. I forgot how good, how creepy, how effective Goldust was. Mm-hmm. He's magic. Like, as a kid, you were just like, oh, he's he's a bit weird. He kicks people in the dick. But looking back on it with, like, a wrestling head on it, and you're just like, fucking Goldust, great. 
Yeah. He's great. Yeah, he yeah. really is. Uh, footage from the Shawn Michaels press conference mm. up next. Michael says that the doctors say he shouldn't wrestle again. Leaves a long pause and then goes, I'd like to apologize to my friends, my family, and the doctors because I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble and I'm going to win the Rumble and I'm going to take the WWF Championship and be the guy to carry the WWF into the next millennium. What, the ringmaster? He's going to be the ringmaster. No, because he's a good hand. He's a good hand. In the mid card. He's a good hand. Just a good hand in the mid card. Nothing more. Nothing less. Good hand. Mid card in the good hand. Um, Michaels is back, basically. <laughs> uh, this, has been, this has been a weird, like, weeks and weeks and weeks of, Michaels is leaving forever. Michaels is done. Tell me a lie. Oh, look at this. We pushed him too hard as fans. <laughs> anyway, fuck the doctors and wrestling again. I thought this was great. Yeah. Yeah, I've said many times, I like when wrestling takes a sports presentation. Yeah. I like press conferences. I like sit-down interviews. I like it feeling like it's real. Gives it credibility. And having Shawn Michaels here, and like legitimate fans hooping and hollering as the press are there, yeah. as he's saying, I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble. I'm going to win the title. Fuck it, yeah. And off, yeah. And, he, and you know what? There is some truth to what he says. He is going to carry the WWF going forward, as we will see. Into the next millennium? Yeah, you could say that it moved him to a bigger yeah. house, as did the money from Jim Shiman, uh, from the from the fan, <laughs> as it revealed on the Jim Shiman line. Uh, cut to Scheme Gene. He reveals he knows who else is entering the Rumble. Pray tell. But you got to call the hotline to find out. Oh. Oh. JR says, come on, tell us. Tell us on Raw. And he goes, okay, it's Vader time. <laughs> And it's funny because it means that he's slow on the news. Oh. What a what a right. Bruce Pritchard has said <laughs> uh, in something to wrestle with. He fucking hated these <laughs> by this point. Yeah, he was like the first week or two. It was like, yeah, it's quite funny, but they just carried on and carried on. And by the time we get to WrestleMania 12, where we see the the uh, the crescendo of all of this, he's done. Like they hate this. Vince yeah. loves it, but they hate it. The one we've got to end on in a bit is just. It's a real piece of business. That's, yeah. It's a real <laughs> piece of business. Yeah. Other WWF superstars react to Shawn Michaels' news. Diesel wishing him luck, but says, don't cross me in the Rumble, because I'll have you, uh, even though we're friends. Razor thinks it's too soon, but is adamant that he'll win the Rumble anyway. <laughs> well, I think you're too soon to come back and you won't do it, but I also think you'll do it. Uh, Owen says Sean is a marked man in the Rumble and he personally is going to make sure that he never wrestles again because they're pushing the fact that Owen Hart is the man that took Shawn yeah. Michaels out I think it's a story that they didn't really touch enough on no from here they should have they really should have done like I, I don't know whether we get a Sean, Brett, a Sean Owen match before Sean Brett yeah obviously, I feel like obviously we should the Hart Foundation will mm, oh yeah yeah but I feel like we could have touched on it such more. But anyway, I did like the fact that you said Diesel again. This is just more Kevin Nash. He's just in there. He's like, hey, best of luck, Sean. Oh. Mm, he, very casual, Diesel. This is big, sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a replay of Bulldog versus Brett from In Your House. Viewer discretion is advised because it's all the blood in it. Ooh, bloody. There's a little bit with Earl Hebner. They talked to Earl Hebner beforehand where they say he's reflecting on the match, saying like, I kept asking whether, you know. Bret Hart wanted to stop the match because yeah. he was so bad and he kept saying no. And it's like, So they, they, they push this as if... The way they push this, Dave says this in The Observer, the way they push this is almost to suggest that they didn't know how gory this was going to go. Yeah. And they just went, let's just own it. But it's, again, another step towards... And like what Dave's saying, oh, the, the, the line between shooting a work can help. 
mm-hmm. wrestling, and they've been going on for weeks saying, "Oh fucking hell, Brett pisses blood. Oh god, you, you're going to want to see this. Oh shit, he's bleeding. Oh, he got battered." And then they're putting it on TV saying, "Oh, your discretion advised," because he bleeds because this is real. So. Yeah, they do push. They do push that. Anyway, you've seen the match. We watched it along. We won't talk about it. Um, but this is a good way for them to pad twenty minutes of television. <laughs> Thanks, lads. Uh, back to the actual footage, and we get words from the Undertaker. Well, some words. Yeah, he said fuck all, didn't he? Fuck all. Puts over Brett as a grand, glorious champion. Yeah. He's not a grand champion. He was never in Impact Wrestling. Hey. But he's going to take the title of the Rumble anyway. Jerry Lawler says that Isaac Yankum is going to punch Undertaker's teeth out next week. (laughs) Bring it on. Kane and Undertaker (laughs) one-on-one. And the in-ring debut of the Ringmaster next week as well. Good hand. He's a good hand in the mid. <laughs> you stay in the fucking mid card. You lose to skip from the body donors, you prick. Don't get any ideas above your fucking station. Don't you dare grow that goatee. Don't you swat. I will fucking kill you. Do you even think <laughs> about wearing a leather waistcoat? I will take it off you. I will cut your skin off. <laughs> Beat you to within an inch of your life. <laughs> You fucking prick. You are a good hand in the fucking mid-card. Stay there. <laughs> Don't change the business for the better. We've not established if this is Vince McMahon or Shawn Michaels saying this. <laughs> Could be either, to be honest with you. Maybe Shawn more than Vince. <laughs> we get Billionaire Ted's bombshell as the main event of Monday Night so we had a billionaire Ted segment. So these have been running for a couple of weeks now. This is an actor playing billionaire Ted uh, in his war room for WCW. And this week they're talking about the new slogan for their wrestling, wrestling show. Vince Russo is there. Hey. And he suggests, why don't you call it uncut, uncensored, uncooked? And they say, we've already stolen that slogan. Ooh. They then suggest unbelievable as if to go, yes, because this wrestling isn't believable. That was a good line. <laughs> that was a good line. I went, oh, God. The, the Nacho Man suggests, this is where the good old boys play. <laughs> to which Ted says, this is no time to start telling the truth. <laughs> the old boy. Yeah. They then agree on, this is where the big boys play. And then... Fuck. Fuck me. Literally... As far as Vincent Mann's concerned, Subtle is not just a river in Egypt. Um, <laughs> the telly's gone off in absolute horror. There we go. Um, the Nacho Man says, "What?" so I'm reacting to the phrase where the big boys play, which is WCW's legit slogan. Yeah. Nacho Man says, what if all our stars have to take legitimate tests for steroids? To which Hoke the Huckster chimes in, don't worry about that, brother. We're not in the WWF anymore. Fuck me. We then get, uh, as, that's, as they're posing and hot dogging to end it, we get the new generation logo, the new WWF generation logo. And then, right at the very end, for a WWF drug program advisory, sign on to America Online tonight. Get fucked, you. Though, actually, do you know what? Meltzer has an exceptional meltdown about this segment. For those watching on the Patreon, that is three pages of notes. Of... <laughs> right, buckle in. I'm, I might have to skim bits of this. Dave Meltzer goes fucking in. <laughs> on all parties, he goes in on everyone. <laughs> right. You thought Dave had a pop at Braun Strowman in the Observer the other day. Oh, that, was, oh. that was beautiful. It's <laughs> quite poetic. Right. So in addition to the billionaire Ted skit, 
Vince McMahon claimed he had already written a letter to Ted Turner, then issued a grandstand challenge to Turner immediately after the show in an online message to implement a stronger steroid policy. The message appeared to be carefully disguised as looking like a challenge, but may have been a legal defense against possible civil action regarding the piece, which less than subtly implied Hogan and Savage were doing steroids. Immediately, immediately after the show, McMahon released a statement saying, The World Wrestling Federation is concerned about the health and well-being of its talent. Although on tonight's Raw program, we used satire to demonstrate a point about the WWF steroid policy as opposed to Ted Turner's WCW, we realise that the use of steroids and other drugs of abuse is a serious issue and can pose health risks. Pious piece of shit. Therefore, in a personal letter to Ted last week, I challenged him in the interest of the health and well-being of all the athletes under his umbrella, as well as mine, to implement a policy which would adhere to the same strict standards which the WWF adopted several years ago. I also indicated that perhaps the only way this could occur is if we jointly select an independent drug policy advisor, collection agency, and testing facility. The WWF has taken the lead in developing a program with teeth in it. Hopefully Ted Turner will see the value in protecting his athletes as well. Yeah. However, <laughs> the message someone who claims to be interested in protecting his athletes and interest that came to the fore only when outside media and legal pressure forced him to adopt the stance after building a company around steroid abusers for nearly a deco- decade is hollow at best. <laughs> Just a few weeks ago, Vince McMahon was involved in negotiations to bring the ultimate warrior Jim Helwig back into the WWE. <laughs> ah, it's true. Uh, yeah, just it's... Yeah, he's just he's just going off saying, Vince McMahon, you only started doing this when you were faced with, you know, 30 years in prison. <laughs> and oh, he's just, he, he, he puts a telling line saying, thankfully, over the last year or two, you hear more talk about being good is more important than getting big, which mm. we will enter more of the era of the wrestler, but it is still the bigger you are, the more of a star you're going to be. We're yes. not implying that anyone's on the gas, but it's just Vince McMahon's predilection. He likes the big boys. He likes the big boys. But, uh, yeah, it's... it's fucking Meltzer. He's saying, you know, you know, satire is legal protection. There was rumblings about there could be a slander or libel lawsuit within WCW. They're saying, let's fucking go for him. And he's going on about Scheme Gene and all that and saying, you know, oh, blah, 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 Gene's slow and shit. And then Jim Ross has taken the piss. And he's put, it isn't as if WCW hasn't left itself wide open for criticism on both topics, on the steroids and Mean Gene. There was irony in Jim Ross being the one in the Oakland segment because he did similar pitches regularly while in WCW. Ross's segments were really, if ever, totally fabricated, as Mean Gene stuff often is. Ross, Ross's teasers never came close to the level of sleaze Oakland's did, but he was often at least on the border of questionable taste of his own <laughs> come on to times. <laughs> uh, he continues, like, later on after going off about steroids and saying, you know, he's, he's talked to younger up-and-comers and, like, Melter talks to younger wrestlers because it's how he gets sources and stuff. And some of them are concerned, saying, fuck me, I don't want to get on the gas, but I know that I'll have a better chance kind yeah. of thing. And he's saying, everyone's sending out the wrong messages here. But he does say, McMahon has a right to cry foul over an unfair playing field. He's been forced largely by outside forces like the Justice Department to run a relatively clean ship, whereas Turner hasn't faced any similar pressure and the two are in competition with one another. No doubt WWF is the cleaner of the two organizations at this point. And Meltzer is all for anything that will bring focus to Turner and bring certain neon signs in WCW back to reality. 
But in attempting to hire the Ultimate Warrior, McMahon comes off as a hypocrite of the First Order. And don't believe for a second, if any of the big-name WCW stars were to want a job with WWF right now and in the war period we're in, or even if we went, McMahon would make an embarrassing steal on the WCW's noses if he could. WCW's response to the first Billionaire Ted segment, which was repeated all weekend on every show and heavily hyped for a next segment on Raw, was largely nothing. WCW adopted a hollow tagline that they are nicer and cared more for the fans because they are putting on the best matches on free television in the form of a Clash of the Champions this month as a thank you present while the WWF is raising the price of their pay-per-view show. Bischoff called the Royal Rumble the Royal Fumble. Uh, referred to WWF as Titanic Sports and pointed out they are now charging fans to get their pictures taken with WWF champion because they started charging fans attending at live shows. Fine, that's yeah. a pretty standard meet and greet business. <laughs> mean Gene brought in the comment that some of the new generation stars being brought in for the Royal Rumble are so old they're getting close to social security. Hello, Dory Funk Jr. <laughs> I was going to say, he's, he's not that far off the mark there. No. Uh, Bischoff also mentioned on more than one occasion that Nitro is the most watched wrestling television show in the world which is far from the truth. And in fact, after this past week, WWF holds a microscopic lead in the Monday Night Ratings Raw. And yeah, he's basically saying, WCW come across as whiny and they need to fucking pack it in and focus on the positives. And he does say, he says the WWF segments, while hypocritical, they make a good point and they're funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so he's saying, he's basically saying, the segments can't continue for long. WWF just kind of fuck off. But WCW, get your shit together. And yeah. this is also funny, but you're all twats. And yeah. You're all as bad as each other in different ways. Yeah. And uh, I thought the billionaire Ted segment was really funny. This week. <laughs> I was chuckling along. It's something, we said this upstairs. We said it's like, you would see somebody writing that like, in, in a in a in a in a in a parodying way, yeah, but not in a way of like I'm parodying WCW. I'm parodying somebody parodying WCW. Yeah, like that is like that is like if Vince McMahon was Alan Partridge, and he and he delivered the line "You feed burgers to swans" <laughs> as if it was a win. You feed beef burgers to swans. Yeah, <laughs> but, that, but imagine Vince delivering that as if it was a win. That's kind of what this is, where Vince has gone like, like we've all gone, this is pathetic. But Vince has gone, got him. Yeah. Like for Vince, this is like, mic drop. <laughs> no, this is fucking hilarious, but not for the reasons you think. Because like for somebody who is like, who was indicted, not massively a long time ago no. for steroid abuse. Like, okay, like there was clearance, but there was enough smoke there to cause a fire. Yeah. For someone that was indicted, like Jesus Christ. No, but I, I mean, I, I guess a lot of your stars were that musty that you could throw rocks at people in glass houses yeah. from quite a far distance. But maybe this isn't the time to do it when that is like still very much in the air. And I mean, look, we're not saying any of the following would definitely use as no. all that. But they've, they've got Davy Boy Smith and Sid Vicious on the roster. They've Lex Luger's only just left. Like mm, Warriors coming back. Warriors coming back. <laughs> Fuck. Like it's 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 more more of these skits to come, you'll be glad to know. But I I did I did I was giggling at the hookster. <laughs> I was giggling at him, doing the Hogan poses wrong and calling everyone brother. And I was just, I caught myself giggling. I thought, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> These are shite. But yeah. They, it wears you down after a while. It does. It does. And we were kind of mentioning upstairs, sorry to break kayfabe, we do. 
we save most of it for this, but we yes. do have the occasional little natter to see where our notes are and stuff, make sure we've not missed anything. Um, but we were saying that, again, this is another step towards the zeitgeist. This is WWF coming out on TV and being like, fuck it, we're being sleazy. We're saying these are shit bags. Who cares? It's 1996. So, again, another step towards total anarchy on Monday Night Wars. Absolute anarchy. It's bloody, yeah. bloody lovely. What would you make a roll this week? I liked it. Yeah. Um, even though 20 minutes of it was, you know, Davy Man versus Hartman, mm. it's a good match, isn't it? The matches that we did see, they were sound enough. You know, a, a decent Jarrett, Jarrett opener, Ahmed being fucking dangerous. Another match to put over Gold Dust. The HPK in Ultimate was great. We've got the ringmaster. He's going to be a good solid hand for the mid card. He's yes. debuted. More Rumble news. They packed a lot into 45 minutes. Yeah. And if you take out Brett and Bulldog, um, they packed a lot into 25 minutes, really. Yeah, they did, actually. There was a lot um, of new, lot of character stuff in there, lots of stuff to, to build towards the Rumble, which is only a couple of weeks away now. Uh, what did you think? I enjoyed it. I, th- I think it's a historic episode of Raw. I thought the, the big thing for me was, was Ahmed throwing Jeff Brettler around like he'd slept with his wife <laughs> and, uh, and a very subdued debut for the Ringmaster. Yeah, you've got... Oh, there's, there's the Ringmaster. Uh, Jake Snake's back. Oh, by the way, yeah. So so much <laughs> is so understated. Some of the yeah. big things are so understated. Like two people who will be synonymous for an iconic moment in wrestling this year. So understated on this show. So I wasn't watching at this point. Obviously, I'll come back late 97, 98-ish. Mm. Um, I didn't realize how rapid the Ringmaster's rise was. Going from kind of coming in in January mm. and saying, hello, I'm the Ringmaster. By March, he's Steve Austin. And then by the summer, King of the Ring. I didn't realize it was... Yeah. They they strike. And we're going to watch all the strikes go down. <sighs> and you... We've still got people to go... We've got Vader oh, to come. God. We've got a certain one-eared fucking hair-ripping lunatic <laughs> from the basements to come. <laughs> oh. That's not very nice to say about Aiden Gibbons. I know we said he was going to come on an episode. <laughs> we've, uh, we've still got... Um, White meat, baby face, die, Rocky die to come later, oh. haven't we? Late in 96? Late 96. Very late 96. Like the, the, still, the embers of 96. We've got Ultimate Warriors. <laughs> and Helmsley's job of the century to Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Something that we'll pay for in 2003. But all of that is to come on the Coldaholic, a classic Raw review. In case you missed it, a uh, lovely chat I had with Drew McIntyre is on the YouTube channel right now. Yeah. Like, I just mean Drew just... Just catch up once every couple of months. Six thieves, aren't you? We are the bezies, me and I and Drew. So we have a lovely little chat to me and Drew. Yeah. Um, so that's on the channel right now. Um, your apologies for the inconsistency of some of the classic reviews. The schedule's been all over the shop with getting them back. But I'm hoping for this week, all being well this week, we'll, you'll have a full pantheon of classic reviews. The Raw review today, the Nitro review on Wednesday, the SmackDown review on Saturday. So the Nitro review on Thursday, the SmackDown review on Saturday. We should be back up and running. I mean, it's not like we've just come out of the busiest period of the year for wrestling, to be fair. There is a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back to it. What are you working on? A big list. Oh, a big list. I know the list. You can't say, can you? Top no, secret. no, it's top secret. It's a good top secret list, though. There's, at first count, 179 entries. It could be more. There will be more. There's going to be more. There's, there's, there's going to be more. It's a bastard. Uh, and yourself, apart from, you know, working, you're burning the candle at just three ends somehow. Going to keep on burning <laughs> all three ends of the candle. Uh, this, uh, I'm now going to go from here to go and prep for something else. And then uh, I've got to go and, you know, to, to this needs. Nietzsche comes out to go pay off the travel insurance 
for a holiday. Yeah. So I'm going to go oh, do that shit. in a minute. That's exciting, isn't That's it? That's something I haven't even contemplated. I've got to get trouble. Especially if I'm going to fucking America. Let's go. Get that on it. Get that on it. Consider yourself insured. And until we are next together, he is at Brad Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. We're angled on it, God, winner. Don't forget to join us. He's a good hand in the mid God. Not for more. Nothing fucking less. Fucking less. Love you. Bye, you piece of fucking shit. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. (laughs) 